Do you have a message that the world needs to hear? Do you want to make a living making a difference in the world? If so, this is the place for you. Welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast, the official podcast of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network. And today we are with a wonderful guest, the one and only Katrina Sawa. How are you doing today? Yay, and the crowd goes wild. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, Katrina, let's just get right into it. Can you tell us about how, how did you get started as a speaker, author, and coach? Well, you know, I used to sell advertising at the local newspaper here in Sacramento, California, and I ran into businesses all the time. Obviously, I wanted to sell them an ad into the local paper, and most of them would just give me their business card and go, here you go, run this in the paper, and I'd be like, "Uh, that's not going to get you anywhere, so either you do what I tell you, or I'm not taking your money, and so I would- So they just wanted to just- put their business card in the paper so like that's many it? Of them, because they didn't know what they didn't know they didn't know uh-huh. how to run an ad they didn't know about headlines and effective copy and call to action and all that kind of stuff so it was a lot of cons- consulting in the back end just trying to sell an ad to try to get them to understand how they can benefit from it you know so yeah interesting so you started out in the advertising side of things, you started out, you know, selling and then you ended up needing to consult people because they didn't know what they were doing. Right. So many of them, like 90% of them had no idea. The rest of them would give you their ad copy and say, here you go, go ahead. And then those were great, you know, and they wouldn't need any help. But the majority of the small businesses didn't know better and they thought they would have to spend money to, to make money and have to spend money on ads, which I don't always recommend anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. So then how did you go from being the person who is selling ads uh, and kind of consulting under the table with people and helping them to make their ads more effective? How did you go from that into who you are now? Right. Well, I've always been a very people-oriented person. I love networking, right? So I was the unique one at the newspaper, the unique ad rep that used to go to chamber uh, events and mixers and luncheons and stuff like that. And none of the other, like I would say 1% of the ad reps at the whole entire newspaper would maybe go to a networking event Mm. to get clients. They would just do cold calling and knock on doors and stuff like that. And I did a lot of that, don't get me wrong. But I built relationships. I was in the community. I was volunteering and donating my time and really getting to know the community in order to get the clients. And I exceeded sales goals all the time, I think, because I was so ingrained in the community. So when I thought about, well, maybe I should do my own business, I was already in the community. I already had a ton of relationships. So it was a very easy transition for me. Um, and at that time, that's Luckily. really cool. So people yeah. already knew you people already, and that brings up a really interesting question. Um, cause a lot of people are doing a transition kind of a thing. I mean, for me personally, uh, I just dove in with two feet and that's kind of, that's kind of my personality, but there's a lot of people who are listening, people who want to start their own business and yeah. they're, they're doing it on the side. They're, they're kind of starting, they're doing it little by little. What kind of advice do you have for those people as you being someone who kind of did a, a, a transition into this? 
right is to do what i did honestly it's get into those circles where you want to be eventually and start building relationship and gathering followers perhaps starting a blog so if you can't get to things live start a blog and a community on facebook and start getting followers right if you could do that maybe a podcast a podcast doesn't have to be done at a certain time of day so if you had a job you could record it in the evenings or the very early morning and you could launch it anytime so anybody anywhere anytime these days can start building a following and a business mm -hmm. and start being that influencer but you gotta pay attention to really where you're spending your time and how uh you're getting in front of people because you got to get in front of a lot more people if you're not doing this full time than you really think you do in order to make anything really totally and you just mentioned something you got to be careful where you spend your time how do you decide what activities are worth your time and what activities aren't worth your time? Well, sometimes it is trial and error. <laughs> uh, but you, so hopefully you can get some guidance on where to start to cut down that um, learning curve a little bit and soften the blow so you're not wasting a lot of time. So trying to figure it out yourself when you're, not, when you're new to an industry or a marketplace is probably not a good plan right? Get some advice, get some, ask other people, right? So if you're trying to do networking events, for example, in person, you want to go somewhere, say you have a local area, a geographical area, then you go to one and you ask the people that are really mm. involved, where else can I go? Yes. You don't just kind of willy nilly trying to figure it out, you know, like really get some advice. It's really interesting you say that. The one thing that I notice between people who are successful and people who aren't and the people who are just struggling is that the people who are successful, they, it's not that they're smarter. They just know how to figure things out. They know how to learn. They right. know how to ask. They, they, they just keep going. It seems like there's so many people who just go, eh, I don't know what to do. I just go, yeah. go, go figure it out. Go ask. It's not that right. hard. It's like asking for directions. Some people won't do it and just save their lives. But now we have MapQuest, right? Thank God, you know, and Google Maps. But yeah, you have to ask. I ask questions. I've been in business for 16 years. I still ask for things and help with things and advice on things, you know. And there was a period in my business that I thought I knew more than whatever. And I was mm -hmm. all whatever, uh, you know. Um, and I was too proud to ask, but man, that kicked me in my butt and it totally wasted a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> and I learned quickly that if I wanted to make more money, I needed to just suck it up and start asking again because I thought, yeah. Was there any, was there any experiences in particular, like one that you could think of where you realized that uh, you weren't going about it the, wrong, the right way? <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, I mean, a lot of my coaches that I've had over the years, I mean, I started, I see, I saw a business coach when I was still in my job mm -hmm. because I wanted some clarity around which business models might be good, what to do, right? Which, what business to launch. So many people make the mistake in the beginning thinking, okay, when I figure out what I want to do, Katrina, I'll come and talk to you. So how to do it, make money at it. Absolutely. Well, no, like, I went to a business coach before I knew what I wanted to do to get their input on what's in the market, what's needed, what's, uh, you know, viable, what's going to cost me too much. I mean, it was either marketing consultant or gift basket company for, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. 
Thank God they didn't tell me or tell me not to go to the gift basket company. I would have just been in inventory hell. I would have loved uh-huh. to be shopping all the time, but I wouldn't be making any money. Oh, is that your two choices? Yes. You're either going to be a business consultant or yeah. start a gift basket. Yeah. Company? And I think I had a couple of other ideas too, you know, like entrepreneurs, we have like three or four different ideas. Yeah. 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 Thank God they, you know, did a little questioning of me and testing and stuff and like said, no, 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 you need to, you're a problem solver. You need to go over here and da, da, da. yes, you can shop for stuff and create really cool gift baskets, but that's not a profitable, very profitable business model. No offense to people that are doing well with it, but it's mm-hmm. very far and few between. Mm-hmm. So. That's interesting. Was yeah. there a, ever a time in your journey where you wanted to quit, where you felt like, you know what, that I'm, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. Did that ever happen to you? I never wanted to quit what I wanted to do because I'm doing what I love. But I was um, very frustrated with the fact that it wasn't working. <laughs> like I wasn't uh-huh. seeing uh-huh. the money, right? So I was very, yeah, I've been in, I mean, one time I had all my bills out on the floor, big fluffy carpet and a new home, mind you, that I bought with a boyfriend that uh, was not a good plan. And uh, I couldn't pay all the bills that month. And I was, and I'd never been in that position before. And it was really tough. Uh, And then he was watching me freak out the fact that I couldn't pay all the bills. And he was going, oh God, she doesn't know what she's doing. I did. I just didn't... I had, you know, a real slump that year and just like a lot of businesses do. And of course I pulled out of it. Would I, did I quit and go get a job? No, I sucked it up and just figured out how to not pay one or pay, you know, leverage a little bit more revenue or, you know what I probably did. And I know I did this a few times in my entrepreneurial journey is I had to borrow money from a parent or a friend. Actually, one of my friend's parents I borrowed money from. I even asked my ex-husband one time for money. It was really, he didn't give it to me, mind you, but (laughs) but I I said, I just need five grand to get me through, right? And eventually I found it from somebody, but I had to ask people I because it was it would have been ridiculous to go get a job when I just did like a few thousand dollars to get me through. Seriously. Totally. have to figure out how to get through. So yeah, I had to humble myself and ask you people to borrow money, but you know what? I'm so thankful I did because it all worked itself out in the end. And that's what I teach is to trust and believe that it'll all, it'll all work out if you're meant to be doing what it is you're doing how did you find that humility? Because I think that's where a lot of people struggle is I can't ask people. I can't, I can't do those kind of things. Where, how did you find that? I don't know. Well, it was desperation. I mean, what Uh else am I going to do? I mean, uh, I can't, I had, I sold stuff. I mean, it was either sell the car or which I can't, I need transportation. Um, and at that point the car was paid off. So that would have been dumb. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, and I couldn't get another credit card. Probably I leveraged a lot of credit though. A lot of people say, well, I don't want any credit cards or whatever. And I'm going to build this without credit cards. Really good luck with that because I had a $20,000 bank loan when I first started my business, um, that I didn't actually need to use for a while. Um, and then credit is what built my business is because I had to invest in things to websites and coaching and trips Mm. and conferences and graphic design and, and marketing materials at some point, because 
when I started, we had letterhead. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't do that. These this is days. 16 years ago, right? Right. We yeah. had, I had letterhead. I had all kinds of print materials. I had a brochure for Things God. Things cost a lot more money back then. <laughs> Not necessarily. You just don't necessarily, as a coach, you don't print a brochure these days. You don't. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. There was a lot of things that you that you needed back then, and you did yeah. need them uh, that you don't need today. And that's the one thing that people don't realize. Like, it's interesting. People aren't willing to invest in themselves for a business when it's like, dude, if you opened a subway, you know how yeah. much money you would spend. And yeah. we're talking about look here, spend a couple thousand here, a couple thousand there yeah. to get the training education, to get some uh, resources, to get some materials, to get those kind of things. And I, I hear a lot of people not willing to do that. And it's really silly to think that, okay, I want to create a six figure business yeah. uh, with no money into it and uh, not that much time either. It's like, you know what, if you figure that out, let me know because we can make a lot of money selling that. I'm, right. I'm certain of it. I'll we, duplicate that system all day long. Yeah, if, if, if you can create a program, if you can create a business that takes <laughs> no money and takes very little time and very little commitment, oh man, let me know what it is because right. I'd, lo I'd love that. I'd love to. Yeah, There's we people could, selling that stuff though, seriously. And it's a bunch of it's, you know what? It's yeah. Huh? Thank you. This is a, uh, yeah, I, I keep it clean on this one, but, uh, <laughs> the, but the, okay. So, so that uh, you've taken me a couple different ways. <laughs> Why do you think there's so many people who are selling that idea that it's easy, that it's cheap, okay. that it's whatever. Why, why do you think that two is? Reasons. Two types of people, honestly, there's people that actually believe it. There are, and I, I got to a state in my business actually, probably back in 2009 or 10, when I was drinking the Kool-Aid of my coaches, and don't, they were great coaches, and you know, it's all good, and it was my journey, but I was at that point where I thought, oh no, you gotta do it this way, and it was the only way. And then I got reality check hit again, and I'm like, okay, then I got humbled again, and that's when, I really went back to just teaching the reality of what it is to make a business. So there's the people that actually believe it at the time when they are selling it because they maybe just experienced a big rush or a flood of money or something, something, right? So they really believe mm -hmm. it. Now, three years later, they might say a different tune or they'll teach a bunch of people that don't see results, you know, and, and then there's the people that aren't really maybe they just think they can sell it. And that's the people that always, that drive me crazy in the industry is the ones that sell it anyways, knowing that people probably aren't gonna get the results. They sell it because it's easier to sell when you tell people that it's easy. And they're good uh, at marketing. Yeah, uh -huh. they're good at marketing. And you know, I, I, frankly, I'm not even that good at marketing. I'm good at marketing other people, but marketing myself, you know, it's just like all the everybody else, you know. I don't know. I think you're being humble, but to say that you're not good at marketing. Well, if I was good at marketing, then I would be in the millions of dollars. I'm not in the millions of dollars right now in revenue. Um, you'd think I would be, by, but there's very few people that are in the millions of dollars. Yet there's people selling. Oh, you can make a million dollars. Really, there's like three to five percent of the entire U.S. is only making a million dollars or more. Mm -hmm. Right. And well, it's funny because I'm in groups where there's uh, women business owners doing millions of dollars, but you know, the type of business that they own, it's a huge IT company or an environmental consulting company 
or a huge HR company or a huge CPA firm with lots of employees. It's not like a solopreneur, you know, mm -hmm. there's not, there's very few solopreneurs making a lot that much money. There mm -hmm. are some and you see them, but there's very few. And so when you teach that to, that, to the masses that it's pot, it, sure. Anything's possible. Is it probable for most people? I don't know. See, that's where I get stuck in the mm -hmm. wording. One of the things that I, I really like about you and the way that you teach is actually that you're not at that multi-million dollar level. And the truth is, is I think that there's a lot of people who aren't at that million dollar level and pretend that they are and pretend yeah. that they are doing that. And the thing is that, that I like about you and the way that you teach things is you're talking about something that, you know, when I first met you, I went, you know what? I can do that. I don't know if I can be Russell Brunson and sell $3 million in a 90 minute presentation. You know, I, I don't know if I'm there. I don't, in fact, I'm not, I'll, put, I'll be straight up honest. I'm not, but you know what? But I see you and, and you were ahead of me and I saw you and I said, I can do that. Right. I can do. And, and I, yes, you're talking about a world where there's a lot of people who are throwing around things like seven figure this and seven figure that, but you're at a level and I know, I know you're, you're just talking about reality and all those kind of things, but you're also at a level that, what, I don't know, 10% of the country are in. And when you talk about the world, mm -hmm. I mean, 1% of the world, but, but in, in the country, I mean, you're talking about a level. I mean, there are people who are listening to this, that their lifelong dream is if I can make, I mean, if I can make six figures as uh, doing what I want to do, that will be a dream come true. And you've been doing that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, think, I think one of the things that, that brings people to you is that you are successful and doing this and you are reaching it and making it happen. But also people see you and they go, you know what, I think I, I, it's possible. You make it seem possible. And the way that you talk about it being real is a big deal also because people can read BS. And I think... I don't know if it's true that you're not good at marketing. I think the truth is, is that you say it how it is. And sometimes um, it would, it might be easier if you told people that, Hey, do this and you'll make seven figures. That would probably be easier. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. It's going to take work. That's what yeah. so they do. So if there's two marketing things out there and I'm telling you, yes, think big, but let's get you the reality of how you're going to build your business three years, whatever, whatever. And this person over here is saying six figures in a weekend. You can do it. Just do it. Totally. I'm going to show you how. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want that. Uh -huh. well, I've done six figures in a weekend too, but I don't do it every freaking weekend. So uh -huh. why am I going to teach that? You want consistent <laughs> cash flow. Uh -huh. You don't want like, ugh. I mean, six figures. Uh, it's yeah, it's drives me crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's super awesome i love that i Especially love since that person that's selling it only probably did it once and then uh -huh. they started a program on how to do it like, mm -hmm. i've done it multiple times okay so i could teach a program on it i choose not to because i think it's false and misleading mm -hmm. that you can do it on a regular basis most people are horrible at sales mm -hmm. and they need to learn sales skills mm -hmm. and sales and marketing i've been selling stuff since i was 16 years old i used to sell people from one scoop of ice cream to three scoops of ice cream when i was an ice cream scooper okay now, now to be fair right? i mean who doesn't want more ice cream right, right? <laughs> yeah well, some people like like want to lose weight yeah 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 
oh, come on, you got to try to, anyways, my point <laughs> is I've been selling stuff since I've been, you know, came out of the womb almost. My mom uh-huh. has no idea where I came from because she is so anti-salesperson. So, but that is a skill that is a learn, you've got to learn that skill. And so many entrepreneurs are getting in business and they don't know how to even have a conversation. I just had one today. It drove me crazy. The gal was like, oh yeah, I want to sell my coaching. And how do you find coaching? Well, I can show you, but we have to do all this, this, and this. She's like, well, I'm not going to spend money and whatever. And I'm going to do this the organically. I'm like, well, okay. That tells me she doesn't want to spend any money or she doesn't have any money but you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to position yourself. You don't have a package. You're just going to sell sessions. Nobody wants to buy sessions. Yeah, Nobody who wants cares? to buy a coaching call from you. We mm-hmm. want to buy transformation. We want to yeah. buy what the outcome is. We want to know that we're going to be able to find the love of our life in six months or less. Uh, we want to know if we can you know, reach our health goals within the year if we work with you. We want to know if we're going to build a successful six-figure business within the next few years with consistent marketing if we work with you. We want to know the outcome, the transformation. Stop selling a stupid session. Yeah, no, nobody wants to buy a session. I mean, that's like... That's like uh, selling uh, like like a like a psychologist selling a counseling session people don't right like and then you what? have to sell them again to come back next week okay totally. you want to come back next week okay let me put you in let me sell you every single time i make a phone call with you oh my god don't do that that mm-hmm. is not how to get consistent mm-hmm. revenues well what i like that that you do is you you start where people are and go to the <laughs> next step go to the next step and go to the next step and I, I, like I think you are a little bit, but I, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. This is You're good stuff. My rant and my yeah, rant. that that's what I want. Your your rantism. I was this went a completely different way than I was expecting, and I love it. <laughs> I love that it went that way because I think that people need to hear this stuff. Because here's the truth: is that people get involved in a program where maybe someone wasn't fully honest with them, or maybe they were honest with them, but they just it just didn't work out three months, six months, whatever comes by and they go, it's not working. And then they want to quit. And I think what people need to hear is that that's normal. That's normal. It takes time to build a business. We're not talking. I mean, you look at like, okay, my brother-in-law just finished medical school. He still has several years now in his, uh, in his residency. Yeah. Before he can actually start, I mean, they're paying him a little bit now, but nothing in comparison to what his loans right. are and all that. He's just getting enough to get by now. And right. it's still going to be years. And he's been putting years and years and years into this. And uh, I don't even want to mention, you know, how much money that costs to go to medical school. Everyone knows what that is. And then yet, people want to start a business that yields a very similar return. You know, the, right. the, the amount of money they're making, we're, we're talking about doctor rates. We're talking about real professional incomes and uh, yet they don't want to put any time into it and they, they want it to happen tomorrow and they don't want to put any money into it. And when it doesn't happen in three months, they're ready to quit. And I think a person like you is what helps people to realize that, that that's a part of the process. Yeah. And, in fact, can you talk about your, you have that map that's the three-year entrepreneur journey. I think that'd be really beneficial for people to uh, hear about. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah, it's a three-year entrepreneur evolution plan is what I call it because I realized and I saw trends, right, over the years. Mm -hmm. I've had clients, now a lot of coaches will say, well, I want to be able to inspire clients and get them in and get them out. Like, you know, you built your coaching business pretty quickly. You were quick. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't take as much action as you though, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> like mm -hmm. hardly anybody, let me just tell you, okay? <laughs> so, and not only that, <clears throat> but life happens. Almost every single person that I've worked with has had, if they commit to a six month or a 12 month program with me, they have something happen within that time period that sucks, okay? Of it's, course, it's, it's called either, life. Yeah, it's either a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, their husband loses a job, somebody gets diagnosed with horrible cancer or something. I mean, you, you know, you. So what you're saying is don't ever work with you okay. because bad things will <laughs> come. I'm just, I'm just, no, 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 no. I, what you're saying, I'm just trying to make light of the situation. But what, what you're saying is life happens. If you took life any happens. six month period, there's something yeah. that happens. But anyway, keep going. It's happened to me too, right? And so, I mean, I've had foot surgeries. I just had a sprained ankle. My husband did get cancer. I've had hip surgeries. But the point is you can't stop. You mm -hmm. can't stop. And you have to get your business set up and systematized for consistent cash flow, lead generation, marketing, follow-up, and sales processes as you, soon as humanly possible. You said those very fast. Can you say those again? Lead generation, uh -huh. marketing, follow up and sales. Nice. The whole, all those processes need to be a smooth running machine as soon as possible. You can't say, okay, well next year I'll focus on getting this, the email going or next mm -hmm. year I'll focus on speaking or whatever. No, you need to focus as soon as possible to get those leads coming in and that system going because if life happens your business still needs to be able to run and produce money period if you wait to get all that stuff in place and life happens you're stuck you're not mm. getting consistent and you have to go focus on when my husband got cancer we weren't married yet I had to spend half the day in the chemo center with him every single day. Of course I was, right? So I didn't have a full day to spend. And when I got home, I still had to take care of him and do everything around the house. So it was really strenuous on me. Most people give up and most people still don't take clients on. I had systems in place and I had revenue coming in on a monthly basis through different programs that I was running. So the faster you can get that up, the more smooth running you're going to be in your business. Mm. What's your biggest advice for somebody right now who's kind of in the uh, feast or famine that happens to most entrepreneurs when they start off? Most entrepreneurs when they start off, well, actually, probably most don't, don't really make anything at the beginning, but they start once they start being successful. They get this going on. They, they have a great month and then a bad one, then a great one, then a bad one. And so what's your advice to go from that to a more consistent level? Well, usually that is because they have life happening and they're not mm -hmm. consistently doing the right marketing strategies. So one month they'll go to this event and the next month they won't. And the next month they'll go to, you know, when I was first starting my business, I went to 14 or 15 networking events a month. Mm. all the time yeah I didn't take a month off mm -hmm. because that would be like you know the leads would be down so 
you, you have to be consistent. And the other thing that's brilliant, and a lot of people don't do this, is do a, like a bigger program, more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Plans. Let people make with payment. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that don't have payment plans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Payment plans is how I pay my bills, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> payment uh-huh. plans pays the bills. Uh-huh. The big uh, paydays, the pay in full clients, those are the ones where you buy the new TV and you go on vacation and you do the big, you know, payment to your credit card or whatever it is. Those are the ones, or you, my, I hold my live events, right? Like, mm-hmm. or whatever you're gonna do. Those are the ones where that that money is for. Mm-hmm. But the the payment plans is the ones that needs to cover your nut every month, right? Mm-hmm. Your monthly expenses, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're constantly chasing the dollar. You're constantly yes. chasing a sale, and that is no way to live, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't serve at that place when no, when you hard. need. When you need money so that you can survive, right? And I can say that because I've been there before. Yeah, me too. When you, and I think anyone has at some level, but when you're at that place where you're like, I need to make money, I need to make money, it's very hard to serve people to come from a place of service, which is funny because I have found that the best way to sell is to serve more. You know, the more yeah. when you're when you're serving when you're coming from a place of service people see it and and they can see that you're genuine and all those things. But it's very challenging to come from a place of service when you know that you need to make that sale so that you can put food on the table, pay your rent, pay your mortgage, do those kind of things. And so I think what you're saying, I mean, it's like, it's, it's the answer. It's the key. It's the key to success because once you have consistent income coming in, now you can focus on bigger things. Now yeah. you can focus on growth. Um, I, I really like uh, the work of Abraham Maslow, and he talks about the hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of that is your physical needs. At the bottom is you're not going to focus on even love and connection until you have food, water, shelter. You're not right. going to focus. And there's all these different things up until the point to where it talks about being self-actualized. That's the place where you're giving, the place you're of service. You don't think about, you don't care about three years from now no. if you can't pay your bills for the next three weeks. And I, I think that's what's really important is people, uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about the money side of things, but if you're not having consistent income coming in, it's very challenging to build something bigger for the future. Yeah. And while we're talking about money, it's, I mean, I'm all about money, making more money, mm-hmm. doing what you love. And we have to talk about money. You can't yes. just not, you have to talk about what you're charging. You have to charge yes. more. You might have to double your rates or triple your rates. Most people I talk to that are coaches, consultants, and authors and speakers are not charging enough at all. I yes. mean, almost every single person I talk to needs to minimum double their rates. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening Look at your rate and you probably need to double it. I'm just Just saying. double it now. Double it. I had a client, I had a gal one time who came to a call with me. It was, it was more like a free call. And I, she told me what she charged. I'm like, oh my God, that's too cheap. You need to double your rates. And she said, okay. And she didn't hire me because we were friends and we were just kind of chatting. She went off and made double the money next month. And I'm of like, course. thanks. I'm like, uh-huh. sure. And as soon as you get paid that new rate, it's your confidence increases, you know, uh-huh. now you have to be able to spit it out. So you, I always say you charge as much as you could possibly say without stuttering. Uh-huh. 
better, you lose the sale. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm $400 an hour. Oh, really? I don't know if you believe that yourself, so I'm not paying for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. you have to be able to believe it. Yeah. But, um, but they have- can see your doubt. They can feel your doubt, and they yeah. start doubting. The energy, so you have to watch your energy. We were talking about if you're in a desperation mode to make money. Some people don't understand that when you go to an event and you're in a room networking or even on a call like this or, or even just uh, messaging with people online, the words that you use, the energy that is around you. I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm very sensitive to people's energy, but the energy that people put off when they're in desperate, I need money mode versus I'm good. And if you want to talk to me, great. That kind of mode is so different and we can Mm -hmm. feel it. Mm -hmm. We feel your energy and it's not helping you. It's hurting you. Totally. Absolutely. Um, So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, coaches who are just starting out? Like really there's 400 different things. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, this is a podcast. So just um, what, whatever you think, a couple things that you think will help. They're just starting out. What do you think? Honestly, the fastest path, if you need to make money, you got to talk to more people. So where are you going to talk to more people? Where are your prospects, right? Get to an event. Like don't just sit behind your computer because that's a slow road, right? Slow mm-hmm. road. And honestly, um, talk to people. So you have to get on the phone, you know, if you need to make money, if you're okay with money, cause occasionally, uh, you know, maybe 10% of the time when I get a new client, they're actually okay with money. They have investments or other income coming in or whatever, and they just have time to focus on the business. Well, great. Then we need to set the structure in the foundation, the systems, the marketing so that they're a smooth running machine. And then we can turn on the marketing hose from there and bring in the leads because then they'll be more systematized. There'll be less manual labor chaos in the back end, And, you know, it's just a better way to build. So it really depends where someone is and, and what their needs are. Most people though, that I talk to need to make money. So we talk about, okay, what are the fastest ways to make money? How can you offer something really low price, like an easy yes offer, right? That you can get people to buy today. Can you get 20 people to buy a $50 thing? Can you at least get some cash flow in so you have confidence, you can pay a bill or two, and then you can move on to the next thing. So that's part of the evolution too, is like, what do you need to do today? May not be what you need to do six months from now or a year and a half from now, but you need to transition and evolve what you're doing based on where you're at and what you need. So you'd say the first thing is really just to figure out where you're at and what the next step is. That's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that easy to intuitive to do yourself without knowing options, but, but yeah. Totally. And I I always like to talk about this, you know, obviously we are coaches and, and we work with people and all that kind of stuff. But the reason why is because we know it works and, and we do it ourselves and you, uh, have an amazing story about, how coaching helped you at a time where uh, maybe you didn't have the money. And I, I, I hope you know the story that I'm, I'm insinuating of, of uh, you, you paid a lot of money. I think it was 20, you know, oh, you, you, yeah, yeah let's, let's hear about that. Cause I think it's fantastic. It just shows that you're practicing what you preach and you're, you're doing this not because you, Hey, this is the, the, quickest way to make a buck you're doing it because it works and it helps people and you you've had the experience yourself 
I'll tell you, hiring coaches and being in people's masterminds, I've been in a lot of masterminds programs, like annual programs mm -hmm. worth a lot of money. I've invested so much money. Those things, though, are the thing that has built my business. Those investments, there is no way, hands down, I'd be anywhere where close to where I am today um, without doing that. And I mean, I've invested at one point uh, with one coach, $78,000 in one year with one person. This is a wow. different story you're thinking. Uh-huh. So the story you're looking for was when I was just investing $25,000 to this guy who um, is great, but his whole thing was, I'm going to show you how to manifest more money and get more money, make more money. And I'm like, okay, because I want to make six figures this year. It was the year that I was really close. You know, I'd, I'd made like, um, I don't know, 75, 80,000 or something like that, or I just couldn't. And consistently for a couple of years, I was at, hanging around 70 to 85,000. And I'm like, how do I get to 100, right? And it was driving me crazy. So I invested 25 to try to make 100, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that was also, I was single. So what's really important to me was that I didn't have love in my life. And, and that's a part of me that we didn't talk about, but that's so important to me. I was so not lonely. I had a lot of friends and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted a relationship really mm -hmm. bad because I'm that kind of love person, right? And so I was like, okay, do I spend time on the business or the love life or what? And you know, that whole year when I would go to my mastermind meetings in person, I would fly out to like Palm Springs and Vegas and all these nice hotels that they wanted us to stay in, spending all kinds of money and a $50 steak. And I'm like, I didn't have the money for a $50 steak and, and $20 asparagus and, and a $14, you know, dessert. I didn't have the money for that, but I did it anyways, because that's what everybody was doing. And I shouldn't have done it by I say shouldn't, but I didn't need to live like a king when I wasn't making money like a mm -hmm. king. Let me tell mm -hmm. you, that's bad advice, I think. Mm -hmm. Bad advice for people to tell you to do that. Anywho, um, I cried all year long because they would tell me, like, just be, just be. And I'm like, but I need to know what to do to make more money. What do I need to do? Like, mm -hmm. do I need to put more marketing? Do I need to put, do something on my website? Do I need to rebrand? Do I need to you know, do some, another program. Do I need to go to this conference, that one. Do I, what do I need to do? And they're like, you don't need to do anything different. You need to be, be love. And I'm like, oh, what are you people talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about being love and all that. And, uh, so I cried all year cause I was frustrated with the advice, but something in me changed because I was going to events and instead of walking around the room trying to, you know, network with people. I would just sit back and attract these awesome people to me because I was just being myself and going, well, the right people will show up and it'll all work itself out. And, and I started talking to myself like that. And I started meeting the most amazing clients and who were willing to pay the big dollars. And I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of working. And then the year is where I made six figures that year. I didn't do anything different, mind you, except I was being different. So I made six figures and I happened to have a boyfriend at the end of that year too. So I had love and money by the end of that year. It's a, it's a great story.
The love didn't last, so that's okay. He wasn't the right one. <laughs> but the he, money lasted. Uh-huh, I've, been uh-huh. in, I've been in consistent six figures or multiple six figures since 2008. So, I mean, 10 years, a lot of people don't stay that consistent in their revenues. And I'm not scared to talk about it. People should be talking about it. If we're trying to teach you how to make money, we should be making money, right? Yes, yes. And so, yeah. That's interesting. I love that story about being and how important it is to be because you're right. Everyone wants to, and I, 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 I'm the same way. Sometimes I want to do, 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 but then I realize that at the, at the end of the day, the doing, it does not matter if you're not being, that's what I've come to find. And I think they're both important. There are things that you need to do. If you, if you're just being and sitting on your couch, I don't think it helps anything, but if you're doing, if you're just action and you don't have any intent behind it, if you are not authentically that person, just like we were talking about, you can say the same words to somebody. You can say the same words to somebody in a sales conversation, but if you are not what you say, if you are not that person inside, it's going to go completely different. Yeah. Well, integrity is huge and it's underutilized in this industry sometimes. Absolutely. That's a good way to say it. Underutilized. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> so I, I have a couple more questions. First, I want to go back to something you said earlier. You were talking about um, you know, just a period of your life where you're building the business, you had taken out some loans, uh, you were up and down, you had to borrow some money, you had to you know do whatever you could to keep going. And you know, a, a quote that I, I really believe is that um, Tony Robbins says that success in business is 80% psychology and 20% uh, strategy. And where you were at there, that required a very strong psychology to be able to, that required a lot of emotional strength to get through that and to keep forward, moving forward and see that I can get there and this is going to be worth it. Um, where does that come from, from you or for you? Uh, how did you develop that? How did you have that? I guess what I'm saying is, how did you keep your eye on the prize when you were in a situation that maybe it didn't look uh, that good looking in, from the outside looking in? Well, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, the alternative looked a lot worse than what I had. Like going back uh-huh. and getting a job sounded like hell. I couldn't do it. Like my worst nightmare. So Uh I had to figure out, I was like a cat trying to claw up a wall to try Mm -hmm. to get over. You know, I was like, anything I can do to not fall on the ground, I'm Mm going to do. Um, and where it came from is a great question. You know, looking back, my dad was kind of a go-getter, but I didn't really live with him very much. Um, growing up, I just, I honestly believe I was never told I couldn't do something. I was never like told, now I'll take this back. I was told like kids should be seen and not heard. I was Mm -hmm. told that a little bit, but I think it was in joking because my stepdad was kind of a a jokester. So Mm. I think it was, there was no serious like mental anguish on me when I was young, like some people do. And it's not funny. Yeah. They have some tough stories. I know. And then when they get 40 or 50 years old, like us, we're like, well, that's, that's why I am what I am today because of when I was five. Right. I don't have that. Um, 
at least I don't feel like I do. And if I did have it, that I've forgotten all about it, thankfully, <laughs> or suppressed it so mm -hmm. far that it's not coming up. But I just had that faith in myself. And it's faith and belief and no plan B. Nothing looked better than what I was doing. I love, I've loved what I've been doing since day one. And if I didn't love it, I stopped doing it. I had a membership program one time that was a nightmare. It was like so much trouble to get somebody to pay $47 a month and then they would cancel after three months and I had all this back end labor to do. And I'm like, oh my God, this sucks, cancel. Mm -hmm. So then I, you know, you don't, you can do whatever you want to do as an entrepreneur. And so you just have to surround yourself with the right people who are totally supportive and do what you love and keep doing it. And, but it, there is a lot of belief involved and sometimes it's 99% philosophy and 1% strategy to get mm -hmm. you through, but, um, it's, it's totally worth it. Mm. Totally worth it. You mentioned, uh, not having a plan B. Do you think there's any value in a plan B? Well, I, like in the back of my mind, like way back in my mind, I knew I was a college grad. I had a lot of experience. I could find a job if mm -hmm. I needed a job. So subconsciously, I knew that I was valuable. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A lot of people keep it here, like right totally. here. Well, I can go get a job. Oh, that person's hiring. I wonder if I should go look at that. Or every I, time. You know every I mean? time something bad happens. Maybe it I should get a job. Here. Yeah. yeah, it was not in my consciousness. It was I'm with you on that. Just that I knew I'm smart. I can figure it out. I could always get a job. You know, I mean, worst possible scenario, I can wait tables for God's sakes. I did that in college, you know. Yeah. So there's always options. There, of course. I was never scared that there was not an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so. I like, I like that because that, that's kind of how I feel about it. People, it seems like they spend a lot of time on plan B. And I, I don't think there's a lot of value on that. Um, no. Worry about plan B when it comes up because yeah, you could do something, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you're out there doing something and, and you're, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're an author, you're, you're building that business. I know that you have skills that are valuable and you can find something else. Yeah. Worry about that when you need to. Right. Well, yeah, if you worried more about what you needed to do <clears throat> in your lead generation, marketing, follow-up, and sales processes, uh -huh. then you would be more successful making more money. You wouldn't have to worry about a plan B. Totally. Absolutely. So I do <laughs> want to give a couple tangible takeaways. Um, you were talking about, um, you know, I, I've heard you give this speech before, uh, talking about three tips to attract more clients now. Um, if you just kind of briefly go through those. Yeah, the, it's my jumpstart your marketing system really is uh -huh. outlined on this, uh, the three simple steps. And it's the first one is you have to get in front of more people more often and in more ways. It's not rocket science, mm -hmm. but most people think talking to a couple dozen people every month is plenty. Oh, I talked with, I went to this event, I talked with four people, I went over here and I talked with six people and this person might be interested and whatever. That's just not enough people. Not enough. You can't build a business on talking to a few dozen people. Yes. It's period, period. So if you aren't reaching out to hundreds, if not a thousand or more new potential people, it doesn't have to be all prospects. They could be referral sources and collaborative people, all kinds of people, but a, like a thousand a month new, mm -hmm. 
then you're not talking to enough people. And we need more systems for more leads coming in. It doesn't have to be salesy, okay? Just because I say lead generation doesn't have to be sales. Yes. Okay? It can be, it's very relationship-oriented marketing and uh, relationship building, really. Yeah. But you're just not talking to enough people, period. So the second one is make it easy for people to buy. Oh my God, I was just on the phone with this guy who has his business, who thinks he's trying, who's trying to sell ads on his website that looks atrocious. <laughs> and he's got all these little logos. And I'm like, I, he's like, wants me to put my logo on there. I'm like, I'm not putting my logo anywhere on your site. It's just, it's horrible looking. I don't want to be a part <laughs> of your website. And, and, um, Honestly, I mean, I like the guy. He's a good guy. I'm like, I see so much potential for other ways that you can do. He's making hundreds of dollars every month, a couple hundred. Hmm. I'm like, oh my God. And you don't want to listen to me and all my ideas on how you can make thousands every month. That's ridiculous. I don't understand. Like you're so passionate about what you're doing, but what you're doing is presenting something that's not attractive to the world. And they, he thinks it is. But, and granted, it's my opinion, but I think I'm a good representation of the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Anywho, that's just one thing is make it easy for people to buy. You couldn't tell what the site was for. It just looked like a big old ad, you know, and he couldn't tell what he was selling or what he was doing. And there was no way to even find out more about mm -hmm. it. Um, he was making it very difficult to, for people to even get information. Um, or find out more or even learn what this website is. So you have to watch that because your visual of what your website and your marketing materials and your business cards and all the stuff that you're doing, your vision of what it should have on it is probably only about 30% of what you need to have or show or what you need to know. You're only thinking about 30%. This comes back from my advertising days, right? When people used to say, well, isn't this good enough for an ad? And people do this all the time on their website. Well, isn't my website's ready? Well, yeah, but it's missing that and it's this and I can't find that and you don't even have phone number on here and I don't even know where you live. And like your picture's not even on here. I don't trust this site. And so I can find 40 different things wrong with the website yet they think it's perfect because they just got it done. So you just don't, can't see what you can't see and you're making it hard for people to either trust you, like you, connect with you, buy from you, get information from you, whether it's online or offline, and you don't see it, plain and simple. And I know this is long, winded answer, but like the okay. third, so the third thing, I'll make it quick, is making sure you have a, real, uh, a relationship marketing follow-up system in place. Because a lot of people are about going out and getting leads, but then they don't do anything with them. Mm -hmm. And they don't follow up. They don't. They might email them, but you know what? Most of your emails, I'll bet you are going in people's spam or trash folder, or they're not even being delivered these days. There's way too many firewalls on people's computers and phones. And I mean, I just did a whole campaign because I went to a conference. I got about 150 leads, right? I put them in an email and I sent out a couple emails, but then I'm calling. And uh, like, granted, I'm getting a lot of voicemail, but like all the people, I think all but one person that I've talked to in person never saw the email and they even went and looked and they couldn't find it. So I'm telling you, you're not doing enough follow-up period. Mm. Yeah. 
So it's get in front of more people in more ways, make it easy for people to buy from you, and then create a, a what do you call it, relationship follow-up series? Relationship marketing follow-up system, yes. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I mean, that's right the there. I know, but that that's like right there. That's so fantastic. And that gives such tangible takeaways. Yeah. Um, this has been an awesome conversation. And like I said, it went a completely different way than I was expecting. And I'm very grateful for it. So thank you for being uh, open and honest and real. And I think that there are some things that were said today that, that people need to hear. And I really appreciate you for that. And uh, the last question this is a question, question that I ask everyone at the end of the show is if you could go back to when you're first starting out and give yourself advice, what would you say? Mm, listen to your coaches. <laughs> and don't say you know it all and not take their advice. Listen, listen and do what they tell you. Mm, mm -hmm. That's really cool. That was my problem. Okay. That's really cool. I think that's great. So you didn't know, you didn't know, um, I as much. Them, I paid them, but then I didn't do what they tell me all the half the time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I well, that's awesome. I prolonged my success. Wow. I love that answer. That's a fantastic <laughs> answer. Fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how can people get, get connected with you? How can people learn more, uh, from you? Oh, well, I love to talk to people and really help find those holes and opportunities. So don't be afraid to come to me. I'm not going to like you shove stuff down your throat. I'm not going to like hold you hostage until you buy something. But so many people are afraid <laughs> to come and talk to me. It's uh -huh. silly because yeah. more than likely, I'm not going to be able to not say something that can help you in that call. So you, you want to come, trust me. So jumpstartyourmarketing.com has all kinds of ways to come and reach me. There's free stuff, there's videos, there's calls, there's inexpensive things under a hundred bucks. There's, uh, you know, coaching programs, whatever it is you need, live events. It's all good. Any which way. Awesome. So jumpstartyourmarketing.com. Yes. Awesome. I, I love that you say that because, um, I think that is the thing. People are afraid to connect with um, coaches and things like that because they are afraid that they're going to be uh, hard sold, that they're going to yeah. be that they're going to be held hostage until they buy something, or or that wait, oh, if I talk not. to them, yeah, if I talk to them <laughs> and I don't buy something, then I'm going to burn a bridge, and and that's just silly. So yeah. thank you for that. Uh, any last words for members of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network? You guys are amazing. I love the interactive group on Facebook. It's awesome. You really, really do walk your talk with that serving and I love it. I love being a part of your group. And if I could just stop marketing enough, I would be doing it in my group too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you and uh, all you've done for me personally and all you do for people um, in the community. Thank you for being real, honest, and uh, just want to say that you're appreciated. So thanks for being a part of the show today. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a fantastic day and everyone go to jumpstartyourmarketing.com. This has been the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast, the official podcast of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with somebody who needs this information. If you're not already a part of our Facebook community, come and join us in the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network at facebook.com slash groups slash speaker, author, coach, or simply search the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network. Thanks again for listening. Remember, what you do matters. You can turn your dreams into your reality. Together, we are changing the world one message at a time.